Hello, everyone. This is Rico, and you're about to listen to another uh, podcast episode event. Event? That seems a little dramatic. Uh, of Treks in Sci-Fi. It is April 25th, 2021. This is show 816. Hi, how is everyone doing? It's been a few weeks for me. Three, I think. Let's see. Last week was Mark here uh, with that cool Outer Limits episode. And two weeks ago, I think I took the week off, right? I think. So anyway, uh, I'm glad to be back. Uh, This week, we're going to be looking at, I'm going to do some commentary about first episode of Picard, the show that um, I guess it's over a year now that that it aired. Let's see. Did it start in March? When did it actually start? I'll give you some air dates and some background when we get into that, talking about that. But I think it's about a year, roughly, you know, since it was on. So, yeah, we should be, uh, you know, spoilers, obviously. If you've never seen Picard, I'm going to play the first episode and comment as I watch it. It's about a 45-minute long episode. So we'll talk for about 10, try to keep it pretty brief first today. Um, Talk a little bit about some other things before we get into the main show. And, uh, again, just welcome everyone to the podcast, and let's get into it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Treks in Sci-Fi podcast. Scotty, beat me up. Fascinating. Stand by to receive our transmission. All right, again, folks, welcome to Treks in Sci-Fi. Appreciate you joining me. I appreciate uh, if you're someone who just started listening, so maybe you listened for the last short time, maybe you've been listening since the very beginning, like Kenny and a bunch of other people that I know that have been following me for a while, and I appreciate all of you guys. I, um, you know... I've, I've sometimes, you know, occasionally comes into my head, you know, boy, I've been doing this show for going on now 16 years, right? 2005. Geez, things were so different back then. <laughs> I mean, it's been a difficult year for, for all of us, I think, but I think we're doing better. Uh, I'm fully vaccinated now, which I'm pretty excited by. That happened earlier this week. Got the second shot. Felt a little off the next day, but nothing really bad that bad at all i mean honestly it could have been if i hadn't known i'd gotten the second shot i would have just thought i i you know was a little tired that day it really was i i feel pretty lucky that i didn't really have some people i know have had some more side effects i had pfizer two shots of pfizer so but um yeah so i'm doing fine my wife and i are both vaccinated uh, a lot of our family members are vaccinated so we're all doing good uh, happy to have that happen these things, I mean, come on. Yes, are they 100% perfect? No, nothing is 100% perfect. But it's 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 a good a good thing to do. I'll just leave it at that. Um, you guys can make up your own minds. The uh, but um, I am feeling a little bit more comfortable. I wasn't ever really that uncomfortable going out and about, but I haven't really been doing much. Uh, mostly been working at home. Uh, and I go to the comic shop each week. <laughs> I go to maybe a drive-through window one, once a week or so. 
when I'm working, um, I go to, over to our office for my job a couple times a week, uh, although there's no one there. It's a small office and it's pretty empty. But uh, so I've been able to stay pretty, pretty safe anyway. But maybe, maybe I'll eventually get to a movie here now, uh, although there hasn't really been much to see. Speaking of that, I did watch, I guess I could have gone to see it at the theater. Probably kind of happy I didn't. The um, the most recent thing that I watched, get into some recent stuff that I've watched and what, I'm, what I've been up to, I watched Mortal Kombat the other night. Came out on HBO Max here in the States at least. Um, I'm not sure how far-reaching HBO Max is. Uh, but uh, So Mortal Kombat on Friday, a couple of days ago, I watched it. I, it was okay. I, I mean, it, it was about what I expected it to be. I expected maybe a few more things to happen in the movie. It, it, surprisingly, it's almost two hours, like an hour and 50 minutes. And uh, But it looked good. It was pretty cool to watch. Uh, I mean, if you're into that kind of stuff, I, I do remember I have kind of fond memories of the original Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat back then, I think, was a little bit more popular. I was never much of a gamer of playing Mortal Kombat, but... Um, but I, I don't know, that music and the era, the mid-90s, you know, I think it, uh, it's it's funny how now it's been like, what, 20 years about? Yeah, about 20 years since the first one came out. And it, I'm not, well, more than that. What am I talking about? Yeah, about 25, 26 years, 25, 26, 95, I think it was out. So, um, and you know, it's interesting to me, like I, video games are probably even more popular now. I mean, you can't even find a PlayStation 5, which is still amazing to me. But so the, um, my, uh, my comment though is, is, is the, well, why did they do a Mortal Kombat movie now? I mean, what, what, what made that again? Is there a new game out? I think maybe there is a relatively new video game, but I don't know if that's part of it or not. I really don't follow it that well. So nothing I can really comment on with any great accuracy or, or anything like that. But, um, but yeah, it was fun. I enjoyed watching it. it it's pretty um, R-rated. That's one of the big things that's been commented on. It's pretty violent. I don't think there's, frankly, I mean, there's some language in it a bit, um, but it's mostly, obviously, the violence. There's pr- pretty intense, some intense violence in it. So Little Kid's probably not a good movie for it. You know, you, you know that's up to you. It's, I think, technically rated R. So there you go. Um, yeah, I'm watching my other normal things, CW shows, um, still loving F- For All Mankind. I'm now into season two. That's probably, it's probably my favorite show. I, I kind of parse it out. I've only been watching about an episode a week. I think I'm about the third episode or fourth episode of season two uh, that I'm watching now. It's on Apple TV only. And I, which I have access to since I bought a, a new iPad a while ago. I've actually been making, I think I talked about this before on the podcast a few weeks ago, but been keeping, um, keeping some people in some, you know, spending some money. Let's just say I, I bought, um, well, the, the iPad I bought probably six months ago, I think my other iPad was, was showing its age. I got a new iPad. That's how I have Apple TV. And I also just bought um, only about two weeks ago, maybe a little bit more. I don't think I had it, though, since I've recorded last. So I, I got a Mac Mini, which it's it's kind of funny to me. I mean, I, I, I've seen these before, but 
the, the actual Mac Mini unit itself, it's just a tiny bit bigger than I thought it was going to be. I mean, it's nothing, you know, considering it's a full-blown Mac computer in there and, and a great one, too, with an M1 chip. But um, but it's super, super small, you know, really overall compared to other computers. And it's super quiet. doesn't make any noise at all. <laughs> it's... Uh, and uh, but I've been just getting into playing with it. I mean, I've had an iMac for a long time. I had an older iMac, which is now sitting over on the table. That I don't know. Am I going to use that much anymore? Should I try to sell it? I have a hard time with old com- older computer equipment because I know it wasn't cheap when I bought it. So I, I feel like just selling it off for a hundred bucks or something like that makes me feel kind of like I've gotten like ripped off. What I kind of prefer to do maybe there's a a way to donate it or something, you know, clean all my stuff off of it, make it back to like factory settings and then, or, or maybe a family or a friend or somebody out there might want it. It's, it's a great machine. I mean, it really is good still. And, and, um, it, it really, there was nothing wrong with it. I just wanted something newer, frankly, with the, that had more processing power and more modern hardware, that kind of stuff. But that Mac, iMac has been rock solid and uh it's it's a big one too it's got like a 27 inch screen it's the bigger of the imax so um i'll figure out something um put it in a corner for a while here but no rush to uh figure that out uh so i got that i had to get a monitor too i got a new 4k little lg it it feels little to me because i have my main uh computer is a 32 or a 34 i think it's a 34 um, which I've had for a number of years, Samsung monitor. It's a, it, it's a, what basically sort of like a 2K display. It's like 2560 by 1440. It does. Here's all this tech talk you guys love, right? Or some of you will enjoy it and some of you <laughs> don't care. But so I got a 27 inch LG 4K monitor for the Mac mini. Really, really great. Uh, what I notice about it, especially when I have it next to my other monitor, is that uh, I have to kind of dial down the brightness of this new LG monitor because it's so much brighter than the Samsung. I mean, I have the Samsung that I've used for a number of years now. It's probably had it maybe 10 years. <clears throat> and it's 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 a good monitor. The Samsung one that I've got, the big one, my main monitor, but it, it, the brightness level, maybe I've got it dialed down a bit, but it's so different than the... And when you're at a computer, you know, when you're at a nearer computer and you're only maybe... I'm probably about three feet away on average from the Mac screen. You don't want it to be like blaring like the sun brightness, you know, your eye, you're going to get some eye strain and stuff like that. So you want to make it at a comfort level to you, but um, I'm I'm still tweaking Uh, the, um, but it's a great monitor. The Mac mini seems solid, super fast, everything. I mean, I haven't really done a lot, honestly, with it. I haven't had much time to work been kind of busy on the weekends and during the week I'm working so I haven't had much I've played a little bit with one of the main things I think I mentioned is I wanted to be able to do more video quickly it, it does render videos I've played around with a couple little short videos and things and I've got uh, World of Warcraft installed but I haven't done a whole lot to set it up yet uh, still got to do that got a lot of cabling management to do <laughs> Um, gosh, we're 10 minutes into this. What else do I want to mention now? Um, eh, not, not a ton. I've been playing a little bit more with my, uh, DJ mini Two uh, drone, which is an amazing device or amazing piece of hardware for it's, it's, um, you know, not 
cheap, but there are many more expensive drones. I think it's the honestly, I did a lot of looking around. I think it's really great for the bang for the buck what you get. The thing has a really really solid camera and it uh it has huge range it has like supposedly up to a 10 kilometer range <laughs> i don't i don't think i'd ever feel comfortable <clears throat> you know what's that about six miles i don't think i've ever feel comfortable about sending a drone that far away from me you'd have to have a completely open area maybe if i was ever up in some mountains and, and what you what you really have to be careful about with these things is like um buildings or anything solid objects a mountain you know uh, a building that will block your signal from the from your controller to the mini it distance it's okay but you can't have something blocking this not not optical you know it's 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 mass it's 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 using um you know it just needs to be in contact with you like i flew it around our neighborhood a little bit more yesterday again and i flew it out to a point where I couldn't see it super well. So I tried this return to home button. You just push a button basically on it and you set the altitude in, in, a, in a setting. You know, you don't want it to come back directly to you because it'll just, you don't want it to shoot, you know, a straight line to you. So basically, I think I had it set for 100 feet. So it just essentially comes back to you 100 feet above you, which there aren't any trees or anything, buildings near me that are anything higher than that. So it won't hit anything on the way back and then it'll just start to descend uh which you can tr control as well so that's kind of handy if you kind of lose sight of it a bit and you don't want to try to control it yourself coming back um but i would i did want to test that out i haven't really really worked and used it a lot because i haven't gone to any open areas yet with it the weather here has not been great I'm supposed to get some better weather this coming week so but that is a cool piece of equipment. It's it's really really nice. Interfaces well with your phone. You just download this app, plug your phone in. That's your screen to kind of view what you're filming, and uh, it can do 4K. Although I've kind of kept it at more like 2K range. I mean the file sizes and things. I'll do more 4K when it's something kind of more scenic and and worthy of that. But um, file sizes, 4K file sizes are really big. That's another reason why I wanted to get them new Mac was to be able to edit 4k footage a bit better at some point in time so um, as I like to tell my wife Lynn I, I tell her you know it's all part of the plan I want to be able to do more with this kind of stuff and just kind of dipping my toe into the water and learning about it and uh, and yeah so been putting some money out there uh, oh I got a season one trading card set of Picard here uh, the I've, I've kind of been getting back into doing these non-sports trading card things i used to get some with marvel comics related to that i used to do um the the original like uh tng came out with um cards per season there are other sets that i've gotten i got a, the first season one and season two of Dis star trek discovery they have autographs um like i got an ethan peck one for season two of discovery which was pretty cool and then this season one set of Picard, I think there's autograph cards in here, one per set. Who knows? Maybe I'll get a Patrick Stewart autograph card. Maybe. There's probably one for all the sets they put out. I haven't opened it yet. Maybe later today. But it's appropriate since we're going to talk uh, and cover the first season, not first season, sorry, first episode of Picard. 
uh, on today's podcast. Um, did this with the first couple of episodes of Discovery, and now I'm going to do Picard. Maybe we'll bounce back to DS9 or Voyager or Enterprise or something, but I thought this would be fun to do. And I've um, done these commentaries before. People seem to like them. So it's just me watching the episode and commenting a little bit, giving you kind of a little bit of behind-the-scenes things, too. So we're going to do that here in a moment. Uh, there was something else I think I was going to say. Oh, yeah, Patreon. If you guys want to support uh, Treks in Sci-Fi, just do that at patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Treks in Sci-Fi. Uh, the... Um, there, the the you know, couple dollars a month. If you like the show, that's that's fantastic. I appreciate everyone that does donate. That's that's very appreciated. Helps cover costs for the show, and it's just your way of of showing you know your support for the podcast. If you listen to it each week, so the the main thing that we've been doing lately is doing some Skype shows um, uh, with people that are Patreon members. <clears throat> Excuse me, every quarter or so, and then also the. Um, the you know some exclusive stuff there especially when i go to cons i'll put up some exclusive video and pictures and things ahead of putting it out in the public but um yeah okay we're about 15 16 minutes in 17 probably by the time i wrap up and then uh and then we'll get into picard here in a moment hope everyone's doing well again and then um yeah let's get over to picard uh, lots to talk about related to that and I'm excited to watch this first episode again. I, I did enjoy the series quite a bit. I've done some podcasts about Picard before, and I think I even did a one. I don't know if I covered just the first episode, but I talked about it. But I don't think I did a commentary like this. So that is, um, yeah, let's get into it. All right, here we go. Star Trek Picard, first episode, Remembrance. At me. Some scenes in space here to start off with, with blue skies being sung. Nothing but blue skies. Do I see then I zoom in on, uh, looks like good old Enterprise D. Two guys playing poker. It's uh, Picard and Data. See? And raise. Back in their kind of TNG days. Call. I will take two plates. You have a tell. That is impossible, sir. Every now and then, you dilate your left pupil. Ostentatiously, I might add, in an effort to cheat me into thinking that you have a tell. But your true tell is you don't have one. When your eyes are neutral, that's when I know you're bluffing. Hmm. Now that you've told me that, Captain, I am confused about which deception to employ. <laughs> Fifty. Fifty? That's everything I have. I can see that, Captain. Do you wish to call or fold? Let's behave like civilized men. 
Milk? No, thank you, sir. Sugar? No, thank you, sir. Why are you stalling, Captain? I don't want the game to end. I'm all in. And Data puts his hand down and he's got like five queens. And now Picard looks Strange. looks out and he sees Mars. I didn't know we were on course to Mars. This isn't right. And of course, it was just a dream. He's now back in uh, the present at his chateau in France <laughs> with his dog number one, right, which is awesome. Patrick Stewart, of course, being a big, um, uh, big dog aficionado, rescue dogs, all kinds, and um, I thought it was a great touch to do this dog is called number right. one. So he wakes up from his, you know, sleep, and now he looks out over the vineyards, and there's it's a Chateau Picard, France, with people working the vineyards, some robotic uh, kind of crop dusting things. Now we segue over to uh, Boston. I love how they do that. So, we're celebrating. Yes. Use those famous Sagan instincts. It's a couple in their apartment here, very futuristic looking. Always looks like Coruscant to me in this place. Well, all these flying cars and no stuff. I got into Daystrom. You're amazing. Thank you. <laughs> Robotics or... Uh... Dude, I'm a fellow in artificial intelligence and quantum consciousness. Wow, that's... That's pretty, that's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, I might even be able to sit with you in the cafeteria. Um, maybe, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One? Something better. Surprise me. <laughs> Blinds. Dodger replicator menus are tragic. <laughs> vanilla and vanilla, of course. Okay, so this this group just came in and, and they killed her boyfriend. Speak English. She hasn't activated yet. Where are you from? I don't know. Where are you from? Three men in black with these masks and everything. Get it later. Knock her out. So they put a hood over her head. So she takes these three guys out and and blasts them all. 
they kept saying things like, hey, she activated, she activated, and then obviously she they say she activated when she takes them all out. They have these weapons, you know. I, I think it's weird that a little bit that they throw a knife through this guy's chest, you know. And now she's getting a vision of the card. What does that mean, huh? All right, let's uh, we'll dial down the credit music. Jeff Russo, I think, is the music guy from doing this. Does Discovery? Another situation to me where the credits kind of grew on me. The music—they're very quiet, subtle. But there are a lot of images here. There's a board cube you see. And you also see this little, like, piece of almost, like, someone's, like, is it Picard's skin or some kind of DNA kind of thing going on. So let's give you a little background here. Uh, Remembrance, the first episode of Star Trek Picard. It first aired on January 23rd, 2020. Uh, the first episode of 10 for season 1. In universe date is 2399. Um... Basically, Akiva Goldsman, Michael Shaban, Kirsten Beyer, Alex Kurtzman, James Duff wrote the story. Hanny Culper, Culpepper, sorry. Hanel, I think that's how you say her first name. She directed this episode. She directed, I think, quite a few of season one of Picard. Uh, teleplay by Akiva Goldsman and James Duff. So, basically, the guys that worked on creating the series uh, worked on this script and story for the first episode obviously they had to set a lot up uh, and you know get get into what's going on here this uh this marks the return of course of picard you know now retired admiral picard here living in his chateau for about 14 years since he left starfleet there's a book out there that kind of gives you info on what happened in the interim if you want to read that um which is really good. I've read that and I'm trying to think of the name of it. I'll find it. I'll find it here in a moment. But it kind of gives you a lot of info on what leads up to where we are here with the series. Now Picard's out with his dog number one, kind of walking around the vineyards. He's got a cane. I know you think you're bringing that to the announce into the house, but out of the question, he's got like a little. Uh, is it a small rat or something? What do you have? You mean whom does he have? A little assassin. Well, even assassins need a bath sometime. Lars heard you talking in your sleep last night. Did I say anything of interest? No, you talked rubbish. But you're not sleeping. Bad dreams? The dreams are lovely. It's the waking up that I'm beginning to resent. And no melancholy. Today's a big day. Now go and get your breakfast. You know, I am beginning to regret that I ever allowed myself to be talked into doing this. Okay, so um, he's got these two Romulan kind of people that help him. He won't at the take home. breakfast from me. Old dogs. Which one? Mm. 
So these are two Romulans that he got Chief, to know a while Earl ago. Decaf. So? Earl Grey, hot decaf. Oh, are you doing an interview as well, Jaban? Jaban and you Laris. Know, sometimes you talk to me as if I were a benign old codger. Codger? Somewhere between a coot and geezer, I believe. Well, the first one just arrived. Go and get dressed, your highness. Don't forget to wash your hands. Ten years, still have to remind you. So basically, Picard's getting set up at his chateau here, which they filmed this That's actually nice. at a winery uh, vineyard place in California. Uh, they really wanted it as authentic as possible. No, it is not. It's ridiculous. It may be, but I want to keep my job. Yeah. You're nervous. I am not nervous. The past is the past. Now, much better. Huh. Yeah. I like guillotine a lot. Oh, the drama. You went over the terms. Three times, sir. She assured me she will not inquire about your separation from Starfleet. After so long, sometimes I worry you've forgotten what you did. Who you are. Lars, I... We have not. Now go. And, sir? Be the captain they remember. So basically, you know, Picard was instrumental in trying to save Enterprise, uh, he was a hailed lot of as one of our galaxy's most intrepid explorers. A skilled diplomat, military strategist, humanitarian, and author of many widely praised works of historical analysis. He joins us on the anniversary of the Romulan supernova to discuss his role in those tragic events. I have the rare honor of introducing Admiral Jean-Luc Picard. Retired. You've never agreed to an interview before, so thank you for inviting the galaxy into your study. Less crowded than I thought. Well, today is a solemn day. It is a day of memories. Raising awareness of the supernova's lingering impact is work that I am extremely passionate about. Let's explore that. When you first learned that the Romulan sun was going to explode and the terrible consequences that would bring, what feelings came up for you? There are no words to describe the calamitous scale of that change, which is one of the reasons... You can't tell us how you felt, but your initial actions were to call for a massive relocation of Romulans? The Romulans asked for our help. And I believed we had a profound obligation to give it. Many felt there were better uses for our resources than aiding the Federation's oldest enemy. Well, fortunately, the Federation chose to support the rescue effort. Yes, initially. I have been known to be persuasive. But the Federation understood there were millions of lives at stake. Romulan lives? No. Lives. You left the Enterprise to command the rescue armada. 10,000 warp-capable ferries, a mission to relocate 900 million Romulan citizens to worlds outside the blast of a supernova. A logistical feat more ambitious than the pyramids. The pyramids were a symbol of colossal vanity. If you want to look for historical analogy, Dunkirk. Dunkirk. Yes. And then the unimaginable happened. Can you tell us about that?
Admiral. I thought we were here to talk about a supernova. A group of rogue synthetics dropped the planetary defense shields and hacked Mars's own defense net. Yes. Wiping out the rescue armada and completely destroying the Utopia Planitia shipyard. The explosions ignited the flammable vapors in the stratosphere. Mars remains on fire to this day. 92,143 lives were lost, which led to a ban on synthetics. Yes. We still don't know why the synthetics went rogue and did what they did that day. But I believe the subsequent decision to ban synthetic life forms was a mistake. Lieutenant Commander Data, operations officer on the Enterprise was synthetic. Did you ever lose faith in him? Never. What was it that you lost faith in, Admiral? You've never spoken about your departure from Starfleet. Didn't you, in fact, resign your commission in protest? Tell us, Admiral. Why did you really quit Starfleet? So she wasn't really supposed to bring this up. I'm sorry? Because it was no longer Starfleet. We withdrew. The galaxy was mourning, burying its dead. And Starfleet slunk from its duties. The decision to call off the rescue and to abandon those people we had sworn to save was not just dishonorable, it was downright criminal. And I was not prepared to stand by and be a spectator. And you, my dear, you have no idea what Dunkirk is, right? You're a stranger to history. You're a so stranger now we, to war. We segue over to Dodge. Wave your hand and it all goes away. Well, it's not so easy for those who died. And it was not so easy for those who were left behind. We're down here. So Dodge sees Picard on the, on the monitors in a, in a little building or whatever she passes by. So it kind of clues her in on what she saw in her vision. Now we're back to the uh, vineyards. You know, so the backstory again is that um, Picard was trying to help the Romulans to escape no the supernova. Is honesty. <laughs> but they stopped when Mars room? was attacked by the synthetics when they went rogue. It was basically, so Starfleet decided, the Federation and Starfleet decided that they couldn't help anymore with that happening. And now... Uh, Dodge is at Picard's vineyard here. She found him. What do you want here? I saw your interview. Do you know me? What? Do you know me? No. Look at me. You're not sure. You're not sure. How do I know that? Who are you? I was with my boyfriend. We were in my apartment. They put a bag over my head. I couldn't see anything. Who are they? I don't know, but my boyfriend. They murdered him. And I killed them. All of them. What? Something inside of me just knew what to do, how to move, how to fight, and somehow I... It was like lightning. 
taking the ground. And then I took the bag off. And there was so much blood, and so I just ran. I didn't know where to go. Please, try and calm yourself. Try and calm yourself, okay? So Picard takes her hands, and, it, and, and they kind of... I kept seeing know each face. other somehow, he thinks, but Me? or eventually yeah. thinks. I came because the same lightning that got me out of there alive led me here. Why? Because everything inside of me says that I'm safe with you. So Laris fixes up, up this cut that she has on her forehead. She's also got this interesting necklace of oh, these two great. rings kind of intertwined. We'll be in the kitchen. That's an unusual necklace. May I see? Father gave it to me. Mm. Lovely. Have you ever. Ever what? Been a stranger to yourself? Many, many times. Thank you. May I ask your name? Dodge. Dodge. I'm Jean-Luc. I know. And not because of the interview, or because you're the great man. I know you. Well, I've spoken, lectured. No, it's, it's older. Deeper, much, much deeper. You may be right. Do you know how? No. Do you think I'm crazy? No. Do you believe me? I believe that you believe that you're supposed to be here. And if you were dangerous, then number one would let me know. Harris, could you show our guest to a room? I think she needs a good night's sleep. Come on, dear. We'll get you settled. Thank you. Again, this this starts out sort of interesting, you know, it's very kind of quiet, subtle. 
they've got this interview, give you a little backstory. This woman shows up to, you know, Picard's been kind of more or less become a hermit over the last many years here at the vineyard. He left Starfleet, and now he's having another dream with Data. This time Data's out in the fields painting. Picard's now walking to meet him. He's back in his old Starfleet uniforms. Both of them are from their time in TNG days, you know. And this image that Data's painting, it's a woman. Would you like to finish it, Captain? I don't know how. That is not true, sir. So it's a woman kind of with a hood on. She's near the water. And, uh, and then Picard uh, stumbles awake now. He's, he's fell asleep in his office area. No. Excuse me, sir. The young woman has gone. Where? I was up at five. Her door was open. The dog was in her bed, but she was gone. I, I checked the feeds. She's nowhere on the property. There is somewhere I have to go. If she returns, contact me immediately. So Picard has this painting over his, uh, in his office there. So Picard's now headed over to uh, Starfleet. Everything in Quantum Archive is locked in stasis, correct? Correct. And no one beside myself has access, correct? Unless you prefer we sell tickets. Is that humor? We're trying something new. Don't give up your day job. My program offers you privacy beyond this point. If you need me again, just say index. So Picard goes into this basically archive of things of his. There's a Batlith, some ship's models, uh, Captain Picard Day banner. So model of his Stargazer, of course the Enterprise. And then he has it bring out this sort of big, sort of flat piece. So he has another painting here in store. Index. Identify this painting. Item 227.67, Archives of Jean-Luc Picard. Admiral, retired. An oil on canvas painted by Commander Data, circa 2369. One of a set of two. He gifted it to you on the Enterprise. The other is hanging on your study wall at home, I believe. And no one else has been in here, not even for servicing. Check the records. No one, Admiral. This painting had a title. Accessing. This painting is called 
daughter. the woman in the painting you can see clearly in this version. <laughs> so Dodge is still in, in uh, I think she's still in the France area. They showed the Eiffel Mom, someone tried to kill me. What? I'm, I just ran. I think they're still after me. I don't know what's happening, Mom. Josh, you need to get somewhere safe. Mom, I tried, but but I couldn't stay there. I, I can't put anyone else in danger. I don't want anyone else to get hurt, Mom. Mom, I'm so scared. Honey, this is important. You have to go back to Picard. No, no, it's too dangerous for him. Wait. Wait, I, I didn't tell you that I went to Picard. Of course you did, sweetie. How else would I know? Well, I haven't spoken to you since it happened. What's happening? Baby, please. Find Picard. He can help you. He will help you. Just close your eyes and focus. And clearly, Dosh. Clearly. Now find Picard again. Go. able to use her uh, whatever computer wizardry and, and found that the card was at Starfleet. Dodge? How did you know I was here? I was so very worried when I found you'd gone. I was afraid that they would come, that you would be in danger. I knew how to track you here. I, I know stuff now. I can hear conversations a block away. Come, let's get away from there. So I did some research. I may have schizophrenia, or maybe I had head trauma. The auditory hallucinations. No, you don't have schizophrenia. Then I'm a freak. No, you're not. In fact, you might be very special. I had a dear friend, Commander Data. He was an android. Like the ones who attacked Mars? No, no, not at all. The word android conjures up all kinds of things for people. Forget them. Commander Data was a highly decorated Starfleet officer, and he sacrificed his life for me on our last mission together. It was over two decades ago now. But he was also an artist, a painter. Why are you telling me this? Because, Daj, he painted you exactly as you are, here and now. But he painted it 30 years ago. That's impossible. He named the painting Daughter. Okay, look, your friend painted someone. But you said it was like lightning seeking the ground in your apartment. You knew what to do, even though you'd never done it before. Adrenaline. And you knew they were coming after you, and the hearing, and you tracked me. How did you track me? I Tracking just... me requires a security clearance, which you don't have. 
I think the attack on you might have acted as some kind of wake-up call, like a positronic alarm bell. No. No, I was born in Seattle. My dad was a xenobotanist, and our house was full of orchids. He spliced two genuses, and he named the offspring after me, Orchidaceae Dodge Oncidium, yellow and pink. That's a beautiful memory, and it's yours. No one can touch it or take it away. But you must look inside deeply and honestly. Have you ever considered the possibility that, that, I'm a soulless murder machine? that you are something lovingly and deliberately created, like Taj Onsenium? You're telling me that I'm not real. No, I'm not. If you are who I think you are, you are dear to me in ways that you can't understand. I will never leave you. We will go together to the Daystrom Institute in Okinawa. I was just accepted at Daystrom as a research fellow. You were? That's brilliant. That doesn't mean anything anymore. If I'm right, it means that you are the daughter of a man who was all meaning, all Courage. Be like him. They found us. Oh. Move, now. Dodge, no, wait. We need help. They're almost here. No, stop. Wait. No, there's no time. Oh. So they're climbing up to this rooftop area. Some of this was filmed at the Anaheim Convention Center, I think. So another big guy is in black again this time. Dodge is gone, which was a shock in the first episode. Finish it, Captain. Finish it, Captain. I will never leave you. Why did you really quit Starfleet? This painting is called Daughter. He's awake. I was like, what happened? Was was that a, a dream? Right, or a, what, what happened there? I was like, when I first saw this. You took a bad knock, otherwise 
You are apparently the same. <laughs> you gave us a fright. What happened, Admiral? Dodge. She's dead. How is that possible? The police didn't mention her. They said you were alone when they found you on the roof. They said there was no one else on the security feed, but you, that you were running. She could have had a cloaking device, and that's why we didn't see her on the property feeds. Yeah, maybe it activated automatically when she was in danger. Sir? She was a synthetic. The assassins were Romulan. Oh, she came here to find safety. Like you, Anjaban. Like me. She deserved better from me. I owe it to her to find out who killed her and why. You ask too much of yourself. Oh, sitting here, all these years, nursing my offended dignity, writing books of history people prefer to forget. I never asked anything of myself at all. No, Admiral. I haven't been living. I've been waiting to die. So, we got a shot now here. This is the Daystrom Institute in Okinawa. This, this figures I'm quite prominently car. in that book I mentioned. It's an honor. Dr. Girati, thank you for giving me the time. Oh, Agnes, how can I help you? Hey, this is Agnes Gerardi. She becomes one of the main characters of, of the show. <laughs> no, really, how can I? I should go back a second. Flesh and blood. Gerardi, thank you for giving me the time. Oh, Agnes, how can I help you? You can tell me if it is possible to make a sentient android out of flesh and blood. How can I? Is that why you've come here? It is. Even before the ban, that was, well, well, a flesh and blood android was in our sights, but a sentient one, not for a thousand years. That makes it even more curious that recently I had tea with one. It was the Grand Slam, uh, sentient synthetics that appear human inside and out. Feels like a lifetime ago now. Welcome to what's left of the Federation's Division of Advanced Synthetic Research. It's a ghost town. In more ways than one. The androids that destroyed Mars came from this lab. Now we're only allowed to operate Theoretically, study, publish, run simulations. But you can't actually make anything. Correct. This is everything that ever mattered to us, to me. No one makes synths anymore of any kind. It's a violation of galactic treaty. But isn't it possible to create a synthetic that looks fully human? The short answer is no. Well, give me the long answer. It'll still be no. Please, humor me. before, isn't it? Looks so much like Data. He's an inferior copy. 
Data tried to download the contents of his neural net into B4 just before his death. Almost all of it was lost. Ultimately, B4 wasn't much like Data at all. In fact, no other synth has been. No. And there's the rub. No one has ever been able to redevelop the science used to create Data. Then came Bruce. Maddox. He recruited me out of Starfleet. Despite Data's death, we came so close. Then we got shut down and it crushed him. Where is he now? He disappeared after the ban. I've tried to find him, but... You said despite Data's death, meaning that any new synthetic would have to be made from Data. Advanced ones, yes. If you had Data's neural net, perfecting a flesh and blood host body would be relatively simple. But his neurons died with him. See, now you're coming around to that no I've been promising you. Does this mean anything to you? Where did you get that? So she From my tea-drinking companion, the one you said couldn't exist. So there's this necklace that uh, she had left with him, Picard, of the really, two rings. Really wish you'd come here on my day off. It's a symbol for fractal neuronic cloning. I'm sorry. It's a radical, beautiful idea of Maddox's. His theory was that Data's entire code, even his memories, could be reconstituted from a single positronic neuron. If there is a synth out there who is perfect, like you say... Then Data, or some part of him, an essence of him... Essence, yes. ...would be alive. There'd be no way of knowing without examining... Dash, the girl. Data's daughter. He always wanted a daughter. I believe that Maddox modeled her on an old painting of Data's. Female? Yes, I suppose you can make them that way. I'm sorry, them? They're created in pairs. Twins. Twins. So there's another one. Segue to this uh, outer space. I don't mean to intrude, um, Narek. I'm new here. Soji. That's a beautiful name. Soji looks just I've like Dodge. This is her twin. It's, it's fascinating. I feel like I've got so many questions. I feel like you're about to ask them. <laughs> That's nice. Your necklace. Uh, my father made it. One for me and one for my sister. I'm a twin. I had a brother. Not a twin, but we're really close. We, um, 
We lost him last year. Very unexpected. You're lucky to have her. I'm sorry, you spend your day fixing broken people. I'm guessing the last thing you want when you get off work is to listen to another sad story. Guess again. cube <laughs> it's like we have synthetics we have uh, board cubes we have dodge we have soji a lot of the characters are introduced here in the first uh, episode so yeah a lot going on really um really like it a lot there's all this talk sometimes online about you know, people thinking Ricard was a very good series or whatever you don't understand it at all you really really don't i mean it's Patrick Stewart, and, and it's, it's Star Trek, and it's interesting, and it's about, you know, living beings, and Romulans, and the Borg, and we have Seven of Nine coming, you know, back, and just, I mean, geez, guys, what do you need? <laughs> and it's an interesting story, too. Really, they, they did it well, I feel. And yeah, so there's Remembrance. I was going to mention a few other things. I, I got kind of caught up in <laughs> a few times during during it to watch watch the episode you know there's some really good acting going on um but this idea of bringing being able to bring sort of a essence of data back from just one single neuron uh i i thought was pretty cool you get to see a lot of cool scenery here you get to see um picard back in action you you know you get to see starfleet a little bit uh, the future on earth we we you know we've never We've never gotten really a lot uh, of what it's like to be on Earth in the future. And this, I think, series does it a bit uh, more than others have. So, yeah, there's a lot of things going on here. The other thing that I wanted to mention, and then I'll probably be wrapping up the podcast, is that if everybody remembers, you know, the the first of this of the J.J. Abrams Star Trek movies, you know, had this idea of Romulus, the, the sun, uh, going supernova. And, you know, Nero ends up, you know, there's this time thing that happens. They go back in time. Spock follows him. And a parallel, um, uh, and two things really basically happen. Uh, uh, there's sort of an alternate universe that's created uh, with, um, that's how you get the slightly different Kirk, Spock, and crew that we see in those Star Trek movies, the Kelvin timeline. And that's, that's going on and that's still out there 
also the prime universe here with Picard and everything and the way that that what's happening there, that's all still there. So I know a lot of people get confused by that. Even I have trouble sometimes with it a little bit. But the the point of it is, is that this Romulan supernova was happening and, you know, ended up happening in both places, both areas. Um, Picard led this uh, led this rescue effort here. I'm going to look up that book title for a second here. So I think it's called something like Destiny or something like that. Hang on. All right. It is. Uh, OK, so I'm looking at my audible account here. This Picard series that they've done at some it's Star Trek Picard, The Last Best Hope by Una McCormick, not Uma, Una, Una, <laughs> uh, narrated by Robert Petkoff, um, Star Trek Picard, The Last Best Hope. That's the one that basically gives you a lot of background on what leads up to the Picard series. I think if you really, you know, if you've watched Picard and you enjoyed it, it's a, it's a really good book, really solid. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, there's a second one, Star Trek Picard, The, the Dark Veil. Uh, and then, and I'm not sure what that, what era, what timeline that follows. Let's see here if I can take a quick look. The Alpha Quadrant is mired in crisis within the United Federation terrorist strike against the shipyards of Mars. Um, ba 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 the USS Titan. So this is with um, basically Riker and Troy on the Titan. Uh, they're caught in this situation. Da, da, da. They're, they're looking for the... So, okay. So it looks like this second one, which I, I should just grab it right now and uh, listen to this. Looks like the second one is is also a direct follow-up to that and also a, somewhat of a prelude to the Picard series. That's um, the Dark Veil uh, book. And there's a new one coming out. Looks like this August called Star Trek Picard Rogue Elements. This one looks like it focuses on Cristobal Rios uh, a little bit and other things. It's probably a little bit of also a prelude. Uh, I like the Rios character a lot. I like the ship that Picard ends up on. So we'll do some more Picard uh, commentary episodes as well in the future here. But yeah, this was fun. Again, I get, those books are really good to give you some background on on the um, the Picard series. So I recommend that quite a bit. Uh, so yeah, okay. I hope you guys enjoy this look at Star Trek Picard. First episode called Remembrance. Uh, a lot happened. I knew they crammed a lot in this. A, a couple other things. One thing that's interesting is this is actually uh, the, one of the first Star Trek series since the old Star Trek uh, and even the animated series where they basically did a kind of a one-off episode, a single episode for the first episode or call it the pilot of the of the series. Even Discovery, while they had single a single episode, it was really a two-parter, which I just I've recently covered that. Uh, we also know, you know, the other series like TNG, Deep Space Nine, Voyager, all started with, I think, you know, roughly like 90-minute or so premiere episodes. So they decided, you know, to to do this uh, Picard one with, with a single, it's about a 45-minute episode counting the credits and everything like that. So, yeah, that's, um, there you go. Okay, everyone, I think that's it for this week's episode of um, Star Trek Star Trek. This week's episode of of uh, Treks and Sci-Fi. I hope you guys enjoyed this. I um, had a busy day yesterday with my uh, grandson Bryson. I, I used, I think, the uh, last 
podcast I did, I think I used him saying, trying to say Treks in sci-fi. He's like, it's about two, two years old and eight months or so. He's roughly, well, a little bit less, seven months. I don't know. His birthday's in August. So do the math. Uh, what are we in April? So about eight months, four months away. So yeah. And then, uh, I don't know if I mentioned it on the podcast before, but my son, my oldest son and his wife are having another baby actually really soon in the next week or two. Another boy. Um, don't know a name yet. They've thrown out a few possibilities. So, uh, But yeah, they're going to have another boy here, which is pretty exciting. We actually saw them all yesterday. Uh, and that was good. So uh, yeah, there's a lot happening in the in the Dosties. So uh, a lot of Dosty guys. Uh, I have two sons. They're gonna have two sons. And uh, circle of life, right? And like in the Lion King. So um, it's pretty exciting. It's still hard for me to think of being a, a grandfather. Although I've I've um, I go by Pappy. I, I for some reason that sounded better. Maybe I've told that story. I think um, I got the name or I thought of the name from the. Uh, Robert Conrad uh, World War II series, uh, Baba Black Sheep, uh, that was later called the Black Sheep Squadron. He was this slightly older commander of this World War II fighter uh, fighter group, uh, the Black Sheep, that I always really enjoyed that series, and I've read some books on. That was a, based on Boynton, uh, the Robert Conrad character was based on a, based on a real real-life pilot during World War II, who had a kind of a misfit squadron called the Black Sheep who who were very successful in World War II. And anyway, he is older than the rest of his uh, his pilots that he that he's commands, and they all call him Pappy. So I always like that, and so Bryson calls me Pappy. So anyway, yeah, there we go. That's what's going on, and it's really exciting. It's it's pretty uh it's pretty amazing, you know, and I, I have two sons and it's to see little kids like that again, I, it's like I don't even hardly remember when my kids were that little anymore. <laughs> they, I think you remember people tend you tend to remember people mostly the way they are now, right? Whether they're kids or whatever. I mean, you'll remember little things that happened a while ago, but you you always your brain I think is the way humans process memories and 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 everything that. You do have memories that have, you know, from a year ago or five years ago or longer than that. You know, I have some memories of even growing up, some bits of things and, and some some more than bits of things. But you don't really think of people. You kind of think of them as the as they are right now. So, you know, when I see my sons, they kind of I, don't, I think about them a little bit when they were kids or I'll, Bryson, my grandson, will remind me of, of especially his father, Steve and my son just the way he looks and the way he acts sometimes and things and, and his face, especially, you know, that's genetics a little bit, but, uh, it's pretty amazing, really pretty amazing and, uh, pretty exciting too. And it's really nice that they don't live too far from us. So that's nice. All right. Uh, there's some family stuff for me, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Star Trek, Star Trek Picard. And so we will be getting, it looks like I just read there was a little bit of a problem with discovery filming in, in Canada uh, kind of a peripheral kind of contact with COVID up there. They're having some trouble. They film in Toronto and there's a lot of COVID cases. Hopefully they can weather that and, and no one's really, you know, that bad, badly sick or anything. It doesn't seem like it was anyone really affecting on the, uh, the discovery, you know, either cast or crew or anything. It was sort of a, somebody kind of came in contact or something. But what I was trying to get to say is that, you know, the, 
looks like start uh, season four of Discovery probably will be showing up late this year. I think that's probably going to be the next live action thing we're going to get. And then we'll probably get Picard, and then we'll probably get Strange New Worlds. I mean, they're filming, I think, I think actually, I think they're filming all three shows right now. I think Picard is being filmed in California, though, uh, basically. And I think in Toronto is where they filmed Discovery and Strange New Worlds. So we're probably going to get in in late 2021 and, and definitely 2022 we're we're going to have a lot of star trek and we're getting another lower deck season and starting in august so you know we're going to get uh, bang 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 i think pretty much we're going to get uh discovery season 4 picard season 2 and strange new world season 1 i think is the way it'll probably end up um be due to just filming and other things like that so uh I know they're filming, uh, they started filming Picard just recently, and, and fairly recently they started Strange New Worlds. So I suppose those could bounce. Uh, we, we could have Strange New Worlds before Season 2 of Picard. It's hard to say. Um, I could see Strange New Worlds probably being a bigger production and taking more um, time to both film and post-production, being a ship show, although Picard's on a ship a lot, so uh, who knows? Um but uh, we'll see what happens with that. All right, everyone, I'm out of here. Uh, hope you guys are all doing well. Stay safe, get vaccinated, and we'll talk to you again soon here on Treks and Sci-Fi. Bye. In. In. Say sci-fi. Sci-fi. Can you do it all together? Say treks in sci-fi. Treks in sci-fi. Perfect. <laughs>